Parent Reform. Reforming the parent, transforming the child. Welcome to the Parent Reform Podcast. Our mission is to inspire, encourage, and equip you to raise your children for the glory of God. Okay, what time check? How much time do we have for the? So I look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, we all. It's a tool, man. It's a tool. Oh, yeah, it's a tool right now. Okay. No one wears watches anymore. Thirty minutes. Some recommendations I'm going to give for guiding your your children, your home is there's two important questions you're going to ask is what's the content? What am I doing? What am I consuming? And the other is the time spent with it. So, you know, you're you're, you're always bounding those two things. What's the content and what's the time? So being aware of that, but yeah, it's a hard, it is a hard problem because you can't just say no to it. So I have, I have a lot of things I would love to share and there's just no way that I've got the time. It's interesting, my career has been in technology. I was a programmer for years and, and I worked for a company that we did, it's called Endpoint Protection Software. It does encryption and put passwords on, back in the day before phones had passwords, we put passwords on them and all this. And so that's, that's my background protecting people from, from bad guys who are out there in the technology world. And at the very end, before I left to start um, family reform, I was doing uh, internet of things, which is all things connected through the internet and about security with that. And so it's been useful because I'm aware of those things and I'm speaking into a world where your children are digital natives. If you've ever heard that term, I'm sure many of you have, your kids are digital natives. They don't know a world that's not. And what's super hard for older people to do it's like nothing to them it makes complete sense it's just second totally. nature first nature to them i've seen a two-year-old swipe phones i mean yeah. it's just they just they just um, get it and they don't struggle with it amazing. yeah so it it is it is something that you have to as we get older we have to look back and keep being engaged it reminds me have you ever seen a puddle of water on the countertop and maybe i'm neurotic because i even looked at this but you know it'll if you pull on it it'll separate it'll pull apart into two puddles but when you push them together, they want to be together. The problem is going to be, as you're getting older, to begin to pull apart and gravitate toward the just like me's, who are people your age or older, and you're going to detach from the people who are younger than you. Don't let that happen. Stay connected. Pay attention to what's going on. What the It's harder, you know, as you get older, because there's going to be new things. Believe me, you're going to be us, and you're going to be going all What you know, is that? Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah. Trust me, it's coming. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you all know about augmented reality and virtual reality and all those things, that's just gonna be so commonplace. And what's gonna make us nauseous is they're just gonna do it, it's gonna be easy. So that's coming. So stay connected with that to be aware. But anyway, I think the Lord has used that experience. Yes? Well, how do you stay connected but not wanna do it because you don't want the example to, just, I don't know, how do you balance that? So what, that what I do is, this is what I've done is, is I admire it from a creation standpoint. I admire it that God gave people the ability to articulate an idea into a product. And people have worked together to make this thing work. And there's layers and layers of complexity that makes all this work so that a, that a three-year-old can actually do it. It's amazing. So I, I, I look at it that way. And when the next thing comes, I say, well, look what God's creations are coming up with. This is amazing. Oh, and by the way, Satan is always there ready to use it for something evil. I don't, I don't go like that with those two because the temptation is to go out with the the car because horses and wagons are best, you know, out with the TV because radio is best and out with the, there's never going to be an end to that. So look, 
at those new things and appreciate them as a tool, but also be aware of the risk that's coming with them. And so I'm excited about, in many ways, the world, we live in an abundant society, a world. It's incredible. The things that were so hard to do 15 years ago, it's just, you can just do it like yes. that. So I, I want to focus on those good things, but not be ignorant of the dangers of them. So keep that in mind. So I think maybe a way to approach this would be to give you some just overall set of philosophy things to think about. And then we're going to talk about some specific things that I want to point out that are really important. So philosophy, I think right now, domestic enemy number one, that your kids, your home are facing and we face in our own souls is entitlement. Is that we deserve stuff. I deserve fill in the blank. And, and a lot of the internet has to do with that is I deserve me time on my device. I deserve the next generation of the phone and I deserve this and this. And you know, it's me, I need these things. I'm entitled to these things. That's one, that's a big battle we have to fight ourselves. Mm -hmm. But our children are raised in this world of abundance and they're being communicated constantly that they are entitled to these things. So my advice to you is to be able to think, stop and ask when they, when your kids ask for something, to, to don't say why not, but to say why. Why would I do this? Why would I give you this? And it isn't just because of a no, it's because of a, what are you gonna do with it? So the phone is a great first example. It, it applies to many, many things, but let's just talk about a smartphone. So the kids see everybody has a smartphone, and now you know the average age of in America it's, it's like eight, nine, the kids are getting phones, smartphones. And you could say, ask the question, you know, why not? You know, why not? You know, they, they'd be good. It's just a tool, you know, it's helpful to them. But the question would be, why? What are they going to do with that? Why are they asking for the phone? And the answer is because what? Why are they asking for the phone? Everyone else has a phone. Okay, well, that's yeah. not a great parenting reason, right? To give them that phone. And then they'll, you know, there'll be other reasons that they would have it. But you need, in your own heart, the articulation for when would a person need a phone? Well, you have to square away in your own heart, you, why do you need a phone? And so a lot of what Mary has shared, the foundation of that, is that we have tools not to build empires. We have tools to serve. And we also realize that we're in a spiritual war because we've told that in Scripture. So to be awake, to be alert. So we want our children to be um, servants, and we want them to be spiritual warriors. That's what I'm raising my children to do. So I'm going to give them tools. And someone mentioned equipping our kids with the armor to, in the Word of God, to equip them to wage war. I like that. And the phone is a tool for that. So how can I provide my child this phone so they can serve and they can do war? Well, it's a stretch. It really is a stretch. It's really more of a teardown of a defense than it is to give them something that's protecting. So. Serving is really a good one. How can you serve? And so in our home, what we've done is we've talked about, okay, when you're ready to serve with this phone, then okay, we'll talk about it. But do I even need to give you a phone? This is my phone that you're gonna use. So I own the phones because I pay all the bills and I'm, it's my data plan. And you get to use a phone that's the family's phone. And so there's that whole mindset that it really were a family in the way that we work is not individually because what technology does is it separates us and it isolates us. So it's an interesting point. I believe I've heard it said, and I agree with this, that God seems to have made us with two fundamental needs. 
He's made us for an interesting need for solitude, and he's made us with a deep need for fellowship. We need both of those things. And isn't it interesting that technology robs us of both simultaneously? So you're never really ever alone, are you? But then you're never really with someone when you have that phone there, just, you know, case in point of the dinner, where everybody's heads down on the device, you're distracted in your heart. So it robs us from both of those things. So we want to think about when we give our kids that we're actually putting that, they're putting them in harm's way because they're going to be robbed from it. They need to be connected. And so that with our children and with ourselves, we need to be connected, but especially with kids. And so there is a large body of, of research about now. They're swinging the other way. It's things that when the digital natives were, you know, little bitty, they were like, oh man, give them an, iP- you know, an iPad. Give them all these things they need, 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 need. They need these things. We need to teach them to type because it's going to be a computerized world. And I remember in school, but even back in the old days, it was everybody needs to learn how to type because it's going to be a computerized world. And now children don't know how to write cursive. They don't even teach that anymore. So I just saw a study in result of this is they are reinstituting that back into schools. There's a number of states who now pass laws mandatory that they have to learn to write cursive. And if not that, they have to be able to write by hand because they have learned that's part of their brain development is that writing, it's good for them. And they can actually, when they're young, write faster than they can type. So it slows them down to give them the laptop. And there's a whole set of studies that show how the computers are actually hurting their ability grade-wise to do well in school. The computers aren't helping them, they're actually slowing them down. So don't don't believe yesterday's, you know, uh, hype about technology with your kids. So what do you think Bill Gates, um, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, Sergey Brin, you know, Google, these guys, Michael Dell. What about their kids? What do you think that they do with their kids in computers? The obvious, you know, because I'm baiting that direction. They don't give their kids computers. And they send them they send them to special schools where there are no computers. So they want those kids to learn classical educations. Isn't that interesting? Just letting you know. Yeah. Yes. So just because the world is telling you that's what's going on, keep that in mind. But there, there is the addictive component, and all of us have this. So they are actually have a large body of research, and you've seen this too, I'm sure, with the, the brain scans, and they can see the brain activity is different in those who are highly engaged all the time in computers and technology. And they know that there's something in the frontal cortex of the brain that responds to screen time. So I'm going to call it screen time like it does with an addictive drug. It's like cocaine. Literally, it's like cocaine, the stuff that goes on. And when the kids are... Yes. Something totally changes in them. I was going to say, like kids, the screens, us with our screens. Totally. Yeah. They're lethargic. Not me. It is. It is. There's some studies, too, now showing that it's affecting our eyesight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sleep for there's sure. a series of physical, you know, questions that they're asking about just proximity to electronic devices. Those are a little bit questionable, but there's some re- respected research that says that they believe that the radiation from these devices could be harmful, especially if you have a lifetime of them. You know, the phone close to your body. Um, so, and they say that many kids, teenagers, will sleep with their phone on their chest. So that they, they can't sleep. If you take the phone away, they have anxiety and they can't sleep. So that that's pretty that's pretty attached to your phone. 
So they, there's actually a new clinical set of therapists that are out there that deal with social media depression and anxiety syndrome. So that, that children who are stressed because they're not recognized, the, the look at me isn't working for them. So lots of things in that area to think about, lots of research. Um, I think the scales are tipping now. I think people are beginning to, to believe this, that it's not great. So that's good news. I think we're swinging back the other direction. But you should be ahead of that curve with your with your children. We were just the guinea pigs. Yes, yes, it's really true. Exactly, it's really true. Exactly. So kids need to play. They need to be outside. They need to engage in the world physically. So that gets stunted. Especially your boys. Yes, it's just like with the writing. They need to engage and manipulate and all those things in the world. So they need to play. If you do give your kids some screen time. Make sure it's countered with maybe two to one of exercise and running around and not just that screen time. Um, so I kind of just going to kind of fly through this. First of all, for your home, I encourage you, you know, homes where husband and wife, if you're the single parent, sit down and think about what are going to be the technology rules for our home. What should that look like? And try not to track it off what you think is going to be acceptable, what people are going to like, because most people are not going to like even putting the brakes on as much at all, because you're going to be going to the beat of a different drummer. Make some, articulate some rules in your home what that looks like, especially when your kids are young, before you're actually being confronted with, can I have the fill in the blank? So if, you, if you're ready with that, then you're ready with that question. It's like, well, why would I do that? Versus your, your old reaction would have been, well, why not give you the phone? Everybody else has one. But be prepared with what those are. Think about in your home rules like uh, suggestions would be that you have like tech-free zones. Some of this got mentioned here. Like in the living room, there's no phones. Mm -hmm. When we come home, there's families that have an old table by the door. And first thing is you drop those phones uh, by the door. Other is there's no digital secrets. So in our mm -hmm. home, our passwords are all the same. All the phones, everything. And I was listening to a talk show once, uh, not long ago. This guy had written a book for, you know, for Christians. Here's some recommendations. And he made that recommendation. And they were like, oh, great. Somebody else is saying this. This is awesome. And the, the hosts of the talk show were saying, no way. I'm not going to give my wife my password on my phone. That's like my brain. That's my personal world. I'm not going to share that. And I was thinking... I mean, my brain is pretty boring. She can look inside of my brain, you know? <laughs> so we all have the same password on all the phones. But it's just like, you know, we all have doors in our house. The kids know not to walk in every single door. So they're not going to pick my phone up and go, they're, again, they're going to be bored to tears, but you're not going to go through all my emails. But there's probably things that they don't need to see that's in there, but they don't, they don't do that. But I have their passphrase. They have mine. They're not going to change that. Uh, I suggest using a password manager for your family, like LastPass is one that you can use, and then you have everybody's passwords, because there's a million of them and a million accounts, yeah, and you know what all the passwords yeah. are. But at a young age, communicate that, um, again, the entitlement. Are our children entitled to this adult, you know, adult privacy? Because there's a lot of people who believe that children have the right to sue their parents, and they have a right to you know X, Y, and Z, and demand these certain things, and they, sh so you're gonna provide them all of these things in a phone, and they have the right to use that phone exclusive of your access to it. That doesn't, in my mind, even my boss doesn't let me do that. You know, when I was at work, that computer and that phone they gave me, I'm telling you, they got they knew everything that was on that phone. And it didn't hurt my feelings, you know, I understood it. So I think our children will understand it too. So uh, 
you don't want any secrets, no digital secrets. And that would be even like, okay, a rule would say if you're sitting at the laptop doing school, you, you can't have the screen back to the wall. I want the screen around this way so we can walk by and see what's going on. So keep, keep things turned around. Keep them in the open. And these certain apps, this is for the, you know, the old dogs. We don't understand a lot of these apps. But Snapchat was made to be uh, ethereal. Those messages evaporate. They go away. And the, message, the, the social apps that they have, you can't penetrate inside unless you've got software installed and you know the passwords. And they're probably not going to friend you. A lot of these kids are really smart. They have multiple accounts, and they lock their parents out of those. There's apps that let them put pictures inside and password protect them, and they are, they're like a, you know, a safe that looks like a bookcase. You can't tell what it is. It's been camouflaged. These apps are camouflaged. You, you wouldn't know it. So it's, it's scary that they have that. So the question would be, why and when would you give the technology to those kids? Because they don't have it in their heart to go do that immediately. They get there in degrees, just like Mary would say, we wander off the path in little steps until we're lost in the woods. And that's what happens to our children. But there again, there's an enemy that lures them, that draws them over and out. Um, so make those rules for your home. What do you think that's gonna look like? Um, Limit time on video games. Uh, I'm not completely opposed to the video games. I think it's just a form of entertainment, like watching a movie, but it needs to be boxed. And I think it's interesting for boys. You can attach that to, to as a reward. You know, they've earned some video game time. Um, I would strict limits on that. So you should regularly check histories if you don't know how to do that. Um, read there's some good articles on that, but kids know how to wipe histories too. So you could consider buying some whole house protections. And we, we could give you a, a resource page that has all these kinds of things on there. But what's interesting is that when I was a kid, you had to pay money to go see pornography. Nowadays, you gotta pay money not to see it. And that's really kind of where we are. And you might just have to do that. You may just have to spend some money. There are some free, many free things out there, but you kind of get what you pay for with the free stuff, but they're better than nothing. But there are some pretty reasonable tools that you can use to protect your kids that aren't really expensive. I would, I would consider doing that. But again, the more you restrict them having access, the less they feel entitled to that access, mm -hmm. the easier it's going to be for you to protect them from it. So you've already heard me say I love technology. So am I encouraging your kids to be aware of technology? No. They need to be aware of it. You need to be aware. You need to help them be aware. But you want to protect them from that technology because that's the world they're going to be in times 10 by the time by the time they're grown. Um, so let me give you just a, uh, just kind of fly through this, some biblical reminders about how to think about this and how you can tell your kids. I think you can explain, these are conversations for your children as they get older. Say, what does the word of God say about these things? It's kind of like Mary's verse about not setting any worthless thing in front of her. We're to bring every thought into subjection to the word of God. And that's pretty inclusive. And I think that the way that we are, you know, we're like squirrels now. We're like, you know, thing over here and a thing over here. And, you know, we've got the attention span maybe of a rabbit. You know, well, we've got to bring every thought into captivity and be able to focus and help our kids to manage context switching. But that just at a kind of a practical level, but a spiritual level is that they're not thinking about those evil things. That they're going to, they're just, it's, it's inescapable they're going to see these things. If, if they don't have the device... You have to be aware that their friends all have the devices. So you have to manage that, being aware of how, you know, am I going to let a child go do a sleepover at this 
this tech arsenal kid that's got everything you can imagine. Is this going to be a good idea? Mm-hmm. Who, who do we hang out with and how much time? Do they have a lot of unsupervised time? Mm-hmm. So think about those things. Um, but anyway, it's going to help them bring every thought. So tied to that is that we're accountable. So as, uh, as watchmen, you're required to be faithful. And that's, you've been given the stewardship of children and a husband, and you're going to be called an account for that. So keep that in mind that we're accountable. And individually, we're accountable for the thoughts and intents of our own heart, and even for idle words, as Scripture tells us. Um, and we're uh, accountable for our resources, you know, the money we spend and time. These devices are not cheap. They're super expensive. And then Romans 6 tells us that whatever we... I feel like I need to say that since I'm popping out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Tell him hello. <laughs> so funny. Well, it reminds me when we were doing our parenting class in our living room, Aww. we'd get to this point where we talk about television and keeping it under control and all this. Right behind me, we've got this giant Where's screen this TV. Screen? You know? like, hey, what, what about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And then Romans 6 tells us that um, that we are slave to whatever we find ourselves mm-hmm. submitting to. Mm-hmm. And that's a willing submitting. And then later we're captive to those things. So we don't want our children in bondage. We've been, been liberated. If we're walking in freedom, we want our kids to walk in freedom. Isaiah 33, 15 says that the upright stops his ears and shuts mm-hmm. his eyes to evil. And we know that Job, in Job 31, he said that he made a covenant with his eyes not to look on things that he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So we've hit on vanity. Um, these are these are aspects to think about with your kids. Vanity. We don't want to stir vanity in our children. You know, and that's what selfies and all the posing on the internet is. The root of that is vanity. Another is related to that is consuming. The the internet teaches our kids to be super consumers because they're really producing very little. And what they do produce is so lightweight. You know, it's like it, a lot of the. Um, Things that, that kids typically will communicate, it's like bathroom humor and it's just silly and it's crude and it's like just the bottom of the communication type. So they're not producing anything of any value. We want our kids to feel good about the life that God's given them. They're actually producing something worthwhile. Uh, super distraction. We guard our children from just being distracted. We want them to learn to focus. Uh, they're, uh, Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work. And he's not not a, not a Christian, but it's a great book. He he talks about how important it is to be able to do deep work, and how few people can do it. And if you want to give your children a super advantage for the world that they're going to be adults in, if you can teach them to do deep work, to really think deeply about something, they'll have an advantage over their peers that are going to be unable to do that. So teach them that. Um, idolatry. So people go through clinical depression and anxiety when they're separated from these devices. Uh, John Woodruff did this interesting, he spoke at Crew at a Crew rally, and he was telling us he was gonna do this, and later told us how it worked out. He was, he was gonna talk about, I think it was, was it, I can't remember, anxiety or fear, but he's gonna do this as a test. So he said, okay, everybody, get your phones and hold them up. You know, and, and I think everybody was expecting him to say, you know, silence them or mute them or whatever. He goes, Okay, we're going to send boxes down the sides of the aisle. I want you to pass all your phones over and put them in the boxes. And he, he said, you could just see their faces. And the phones were like this, you know, like, I'm not putting my phone in the box. You are not taking my phone away from me. Just that anxiety to thought they were going to lose control of their phone, how important that is. 
So it's like idolatry. It's it's something that we have to have. And where is that thing? And they'll, they'll lose my phone, or can I even leave the house without my phone if I forget it? It's it's something that we need. Where mm-hmm. God should be that for us. That He's our focus and with us all the time and our ever constant thought and companion. Um, we pay we pay, place too much trust in these devices too. We we mentioned about news being not trustworthy. Um, we trust them so much because it's in print and it's digital. We want to help our kids learn to ask, really? You know, when they read something online, there's so much of this whole talk about fake news and you know, I don't know what all that is. But the takeaway from me isn't I'm going to figure out who's the fake news source. It's just, as always, I'm going to ask, really? Is this really true? Don't just believe everything. Read. Help your kids to be critical thinkers, to think that way. Um, discontentment. We've, we've talked about how that it fosters that inside of us, the discontentment. You're always waiting for the next thing, the next release, the next, especially like the video games, like the next killer video game. Yeah. How can they make those things any better? Well, they're about to. This virtual reality engagement is about to be there. They just It's never enough. And when a new phone comes out, they want the new phone, the new app. So it's a discontentment. And the cost almost, since the kids aren't paying for it, they don't recognize the cost of those things. They don't have a value... Uh, they don't have a category for value in something that was given to them like that. So this is important. The phones, the devices, it heightens our sense of instant gratification. I wonder, what what did we do when we were 24 and I had a question? You know, I, I don't remember what we did. You know, what did we do? Because now I just Google it. your parents. I mean... Do we <laughs> pull out the slide rule? <laughs> so what did what did we do? It's just amazing. So I don't want that tool to go away. But what it fosters is instant gratification. I, I want yes. it now. Now I can. We just did this Walmart shopping, and you just pull in the lane, and they bring it to you. It's like no work whatsoever. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And our kids are growing up with that. The real risk with that is, in, in Jordan Stone said that he had seen this in some of his counseling, that it spills over into our spiritual life, mm-hmm. that there is a lack of willingness to wait on God. We expect, oh, we pray, Google, you know, man, give me the answer. And no or not yet, it's like, that's not the answer we accept that's from Google. So there's a substitution of, well, if God is slow, can't no can't be the answer or not yet can't be the answer. So it's a hard attitude. And I don't think we're thinking that at the front of our mind. It's just a, almost a reflex that's been developed inside of us to be instantly gratified. When we ask a question, we need to get you know immediate responses to it. So um, I think we'll probably get close to out of time. Nine, nine or ten. Okay. Um, so I would encourage your kids to back to the how do we fight the you know appreciating the technology of being controlled by it. A lot of these whiz kids don't know the underlying technology of what works. They just have a surface level understanding. And I would say that might be something to, to help your kids understand that you're not afraid of it, that you want them to understand deeper how does it work. How does, it, how does an internet search work? When you put in, you know, what's this itchy thing on my skin, you know, it, it, it hits somewhere and it comes back around, you know. And you guys know the answer though. <laughs> <laughs> it's poison ivy, by the way. So. Yes, don't worry. Yes, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, that stuff all works, and there's layers and layers of history of technology that goes with it. I think it's worth helping our kids understand 
That way they're not awed by it that it's some god. It's just it's just ones and zeros and it's electronics. It's just moving around. And so, you know, the yesterday's cat videos, you know, it's today's launch of the Project SpaceX, you know. It's, just, it's the same ones and zeros that's making it all work. Anyway, I think to demystify it is useful with our kids. So that means that we have to be demystified by it a little bit. So be aware of safety. There, it's a stunning amount of online predators. We have mm-hmm. stories that we know firsthand yes. of, of children that have been victim to that, drawn in, mm-hmm. is hurt in a serious mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So um, teach your kids that there is no free lunch. So the internet is not free. You, if it's free and you're not paying for it, you are the product. Teach your kids that. If you're using something and it's free, you are the product. They are selling you. So right now there's a big furor about how that all these tech companies are tracking you. And Google actually, you can say, don't track me, and Google still tracks you. That was in a headline today. So they're like still denying it, but it's easily provable. They still track your movements and they record them. And teach your kids that the internet never forgets. Never forgets. Have you heard of a website called uh, The Wayback Machine? I can go to 1996 and look at a page from 1996. It doesn't forget. It's out there, those stories. And that's how they go drudge up these stories on yes. you know, politicians and whoever, because they can go to these sites and search for them. The internet never forgets. And so I think for our kids to recognize that. Another mindset that our children have is that we are all in it together. So they take mm-hmm. comfort in that. And I think we need to help them understand that that's not comforting to be sinking on a Titanic to know that we're all in it together. It might be in that moment, but you're all going to perish. So that's not a good thing. Help them to understand that you may all be in it together. That doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it good. So help them to understand that. So help them to value their privacy, to protect it. And almost all of these apps now have a new level of control that's been given to us. Thankful for what's happened in Europe. If you're tracked at all with that, you probably got recently lots of click our new privacy policies and all that. That's happened because of laws that were passed in the European Union that are affecting us. So we now have control over things we didn't have before. And that's good news. I would recommend going through that and using those. If you have iPhones, there's probably 40 controls in there that turn off um, Apple tracking. There's things they have no business tracking on you. Don't turn those things off. So be aware of them, but teach your kids to value their privacy and for them to really protect it. And that'll help them be protected from the online predators. I think we're out of time, but anyway, just to just encourage you to not be fearful of those things. Just be wise and alert and be faithful. Watch, watch Mm -hmm. over your home. Amen. I just want to close with a scripture that was in the email that was sent out. It's in my notes, Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I think about that all the time. My days are numbered, your days are numbered, and I will be held accountable of how I stewarded them. If I've done them faithfully, have I wasted time? And I have wasted a lot of time. And the internet has been a means. Our children are watching. We want to teach them as well to walk circumspectly. Because you don't know how many days they have. And help them to redeem the time and do it by example. Would you cross this Pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much for time to together to consider these things. Thank you, Lord, that you tell us in your word that you're greater than any adversary that we have, that 
you, Lord, have made us overcomers because of the faith that we have. We're thankful that uh, we're not ignorant to the enemy's devices and that you've given us minds and you've given us reason. And thank you, Lord, that you've given humanity the ability to create such things. Even that's a reflection of your glory in your creation. And I pray, God, that we would be confident and bold in how we work through these issues related to our personal use of technology and for our homes and family. I pray for harmony in the homes as um, there may be some changes that might be coming from tonight's dis discussion. I pray that uh, they would be accepted and that you would uh, have unity in the homes, uh, that they would all cooperate with this. And I pray that we would be established and settled in our own minds about mm -hmm. these things. Help us to be steadfast and unmovable to have our hearts firmly set on pleasing you, to deliver us from the fear of man and the desire to please them and get approval of others. Help us to seek only and completely your approval. Let us be faithful stewards. You tell us in your word that what's required of stewards is faithfulness. And let us hear one day when we come into our rest with you that uh, well done, good and faithful mm -hmm. servants. Let us be those that did well and Thinking of Galatians 6, we're, we're told to not grow weary in well-doing, but to remember that, that we'll reap a reward if we don't faint. Help us not to faint. Help us not to faint in the hard obstacles, the big obstacles, the giants that are in our life. And help us not to faint at the drudgery, the day-to-day, -day, <coughs> the uh, monotony mm -hmm. that's a part of life, that to rejoice in all these things and to teach that to our kids. And let our kids be those that grow to be mighty in spirit, to be towering and to be bright, shining lights in the world that's coming for them. And we pray for them and pray for the kids that are represented by uh, the homes that are, that are here, that, Lord, you bring salvation to the homes of, of those that are not in the kingdom and of those that are, that they would grow in grace, they would grow in faith, they would grow in obedience, they would grow in honoring you. We just pray that you Dismiss us in peace tonight, and thank you again for the fellowship that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this podcast helpful as you seek to parent your children well for the glory of God. For more information about Parent Reform, please visit our website at parentreform.com. There you'll find more parenting resources. You can also sign up for our newsletter and Q&A emails. 